Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Hello and welcome to Headliner Radio, where we are delighted to be joined by the one and only Tim Burgess, frontman of the Charlatans, solo artist, author and recent recipient of this year's Artists Artist Award at the 2022 Artist and Manager Awards. Tim, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, how are you and whereabouts are you joining us from? Uh, I'm in London. Um and thank you and uh yeah and i'm and glad to be here yeah yeah brilliant thank you very much um and congratulations once again on um the uh the recent win at the artist and manager awards um that's that's one of the big ones on the night how did it how did it feel to uh t- to to be the recipient of the artist's artist award it's really exciting um you know, uh, I knew a lot of people in the room and there's lots of people in there that I'd known, you know, for a long time. Um, so it was kind of, it was kind of cool to, to, to get, to get it, you know, um, uh, Bricksmith gave it to me. I was, you know, a big fan of the fall. So great. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, you know, the artist and manager award is quite a unique one. It's a, it's, it's interesting, I think, that we do have an award for that that kind of recognises artists and managers and the sort of relationship that exists between the two. Yeah. And I was I was wondering if you could sort of talk us a little bit through how, or, you know, if at all, you think that the dynamic has changed throughout the course of your career between artists and managers and whether it's, you know, but perhaps, you know, maybe for you it might have stayed similar because you might have already had a good dynamic with management or whether you think if you were coming into the industry now as a as a new artist the the relationship you have with your manager might be different in some ways to how it was perhaps when you joined us yeah wondering yeah. if you could just talk to us a little bit about that dynamic and how you think it might have evolved over the past 30 years when the charlatans first started um you know we were young and disorganized but we had you know a real kind of goal and 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 we had what we considered really kind of you know important songs and uh we needed someone to get us all in the same room at the same time and um to shows and things like that he he, he bought us a van basically yeah. and uh then we said he could be our manager but it was a good dynamic it was a really good dynamic um uh, and 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 we stayed together as manager and artists for uh, you know, quite a few years. Um, we've had a lot of managers since then. Um, but lately we manage ourselves. And I think that that's a kind of like, I think if you have the right manager, I mean, I was so thrilled that, um, you know, Martin Hall, um, picked up his award because, you know, he's managed the Manics for like years and, and they've just always been together. And, and, and I'm sure, you know, I'm sure there's ups and downs and stuff like that with any relationship, but, you know, it's just a, a fantastic thing to see, you know, that, and I, I really like, you know, the band and the, and the manager. Um, but for me, I think the best thing, the best people to represent us right now is us, you know, and that's, I mean, I think they might change, but I think it's, um, when you're established, it's probably a bit, it's a bit different, but certainly in the beginning, we needed that dynamic that I saw on, you know, on stage when people, we're talking about how they work with their artists and stuff like that. Yeah. I working with manager. Has it, do you think that as, you know, as established, experienced, you know, bandmates, musicians, mm. you've kind of, the job of managing yourselves is kind of easier now than it may have been in the past. Do you feel like you, you, you 
kind of know where you want to be, what you want to be doing and how the industry works. You've had all that experience now that you've gathered over years. Do you feel that it's just almost, you know, how could a manager come in and kind of show you any differently? Or do you, you know, is it something that you feel you might look to again at some point and bring someone in to help? I think think it is something we might look to again because you know never say never and and you know who knows how long it's going to last you know yeah could be could be forever um you know um uh the thing is for me is that um it's hard to find somebody who knows I mean, the industry is always changing, but it's hard for me to sort of like accept uh, someone coming in and uh, kind of trying to, I guess, point us in a direction that we've probably already been in or something like that. You know, it's kind of like, you know, if if there's someone new and they're learning the ropes as well, on on the one hand, it's um, incredibly exciting and, 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 um, and they might have new ways and things like that. But then pretty much always ends up going down the same path as we've already been on, you know? And it's like, Hey, you know, we've been here before. So it's like, yeah. you don't know any better than us. And, uh, yeah. And all that. I mean, I had a better answer while you were talking, but that's pretty much the crux of it really. Yeah. Um, I'd like to have an experienced manager, someone say like, you know, who, who has a vision of like how say I should be, now in 2023 or whatever it is going to be or whatever or whatever but you know i'm always up for discussing you know what where people think i should be and and where you know but i mean i'm pretty happy with what i do and and uh been managing myself as a solo artist for a you know a long time and and uh you know just end up doing things that probably no one else could get me you know yeah yeah of course i mean with you know, put, I think I'm thinking particularly with uh, newer artists. Do you feel like a a manager might, in some ways, be more essential than in, in years gone by? Because it seems now with with uh, newer artists, there are so many more things that you need to kind of be to have a handle on before you kind of generate any success. Whether that be your knowledge of your streaming numbers, social media platforms, all this kind of stuff, it feels like there's a lot more to focus on, perhaps, than just the music. Whereas you know, perhaps yeah. this is an incorrect perception, but I I would imagine that you know pre social media, pre internet, an artist could probably be a little bit more focused just on the music and have a manager maybe just kind of guide you know their activities as a band. Whereas now it feels like there's a lot more that you need to be on top of. Do you feel yeah. like if you were a, if you could put yourself in the position of a newcomer coming into the industry now that a, there's a lot more to juggle than there perhaps was at the time when when the Charlatans first broke onto the scene. I think so. And I think that that's kind of, it's, I mean, it's a lot less appealing in a, in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, and, you know, I think social media is an amazing thing. And I think for, uh, as, a, as a, someone who's like lived without social media, I think it's quite an exciting thing, especially like, you know, I really took to Twitter and, and managed to maneuver myself around that pretty well. And, and also, kind of like um, you know, you, I, you know, I, I really kind of like took took to it, um, you know. But n- not every, not every uh, 
sort of like platform suits me you know and 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 i think it's important for an artist to sort of like say well this is i can't do all the platforms it's it's ridiculous you know i can but you know give me one that that i feel like i can work with and and uh and i'll stick to that there's just so many and you can't be good at everything and it's and it's boring to saturate yourself so so far and wide um yeah, I mean, in, for, for us, I mean, it's always it's always been more than the music, though. Yeah, that's you know, I mean, you know, and oh, it's 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 attitude and sort of like and and appeal and 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 look and and uh, you know and and the way you position yourself, the way you and more most most of all, um, the way you feel about yourself. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, on the on the on the you know the particularly the artist artist award that you picked up recently, you know that was recognising thirty years or maybe just over thirty years now of of having been in the industry and you know you've kind of you know you've as you said you've been a solo artist the charlatan's still going, uh, you know that there, there was the whole t- uh, listening uh, Twitter listening parties thing that that took off in a massive way over the pandemic. You know, there's been a lot of different things that you've. Yeah, you know, kind of succeeded that and done really well. I know you're working on a new book as well, uh, the the one about album closes, which we'll have a chat about in a, in a moment. But um, right. yeah, I was wondering how you've, I, I guess how you know, what is it that's kept you so invested in this industry for such a long time? You know, to kind of thirty years in still be finding new ways of connecting with people, new ways of exploring music. You know, I know that you know, particularly with the band, you know, there have been high points. You've had low points as well. You know, with you, you know, in amongst the band and things like that. But have you ever felt that there was a point where you could have just kind of said, you know, I've, I've been doing this for 10 years, 20 years, whatever. I've had, I've had enough of this now and I kind of fancy a little bit of a quiet life away from it. What is it that's kept you 30 years on still, still doing, you know, still doing new, new and exciting things? I mean, there's uh, just the changes really, I suppose, uh, and everything. Um, uh, the fact that it's kind of like, you know, I, I enjoy, I enjoy finding new ways of doing things. I enjoy meeting people. I enjoy communicating in different ways. I enjoy records. I enjoy making music. I love making music. And, and I love the fact that people want me to make music, you know? Um, uh, so that's it really. I mean, it's not because, um, I mean, the, the, you know, the listening party, gave life to something outside of what I normally do, uh, that I knew people would like, but, but, you know, it was kind of slightly unexpected and that meant, you know, so far there's been like two books, uh, there's been like, you know, um, hanging out with Paul McCartney and, uh, you know, and, uh, and, uh, working with the John Lennon estate, you know, I mean, that's, yeah. That must've been quite surreal. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, all, all of it's surreal to, to, um, all of it's surreal to 18 year old me. Um, uh, and, and I still feel like that in a lot of ways, or my, you know, part, part of my brain does anyway. Um, and, but the thing is, is that, you know, um, I think it just, I, I think it's just an, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing. I can't really, um, you know, I can't really understand it all. Uh, so therefore I choose not to, I just kind of like, you know, any, I like to, I like to have a few things going on at the same time and it all fuels the fire. So, you know, the, the idea that the uh, listening party was 
was happening. And at first it took up 10 hours of my day, but, um, as, as it went on and the more I did, um, you know, it just started to take up my evenings and then my daytime, I would just fuel all that excitement and interest and, and, uh, you know, and, and, uh, energy into writing, um, a solo album. Um, and, um, you know, so, so, and then, you know, I, when I was on tour with the charlatans, I wrote books, you know, instead of, instead of kind of like going to sound checks, <laughs> and, you know, so, so it's kind of like just, um, just getting the most out of the day really, which, and you know, I, I like, I, you know, I really love to wake up and, you know, and do a good day's work. You know? Yeah. As, as the way that you've sort of remained creative and written sort of changed it, much over the course of your career, you know, your approach to songwriting or even your approach to writing, you know, at the beginning, I didn't know what I was doing, you know, I mean, yeah. uh, you know, um, I went, I went to meet the rest of the charlatans and, you know, and I thought I could just play tambourine or something like that. And yeah. they wanted me to sing. And I started shouting like Jim Morrison or Iggy and, and they asked me if I could sing next time. And I did. And I sang really softly and sweetly and just built it up from there, really, you know, kind of like, um, you know, I had a few lyrics and Martin had a few lyrics and ended up writing a couple of songs on that, on, on that day. They had instrumentals, so just put some words to it. And um, found out that I had a kind of like pretty good knack for a melody to, to write melodies, and and I think the words have got better over the years, and uh, and um, you know I care more, and I care sort of like wider, and I care less all at the same time. It's just a mad sort of like you know thing that I can't explain. It's just a it's an ever growing thing. Yeah, and you know it's a sort of bit of an extension to the, to the previous question, but how, how is it you feel that the band has managed to kind of maintain that sort of longevity for so long? Cause it's no mean feat, you know, to be making music for 30 plus years, consistently putting out music and still, you know, performing live together and all the rest of it, particularly, you know, the, the, some of the difficulties that the band has had. Is there, are there any kind of key things you can point to within that band and within that dynamic between you all that has been kind of crucial to, to keeping keeping you together and keeping you going all, the, all these years? I think there's a, there's a dynamic between me and Martin that, um, that keeps an energy, um, it keeps an energy that I don't know what, I don't know what kind of energy it actually is. It's hard to quantify. Uh, I love writing songs with Mark and I love being with the band. Um, and we're actually all pretty easy to get, to get along with really. I mean, obviously again, it's like, a, you know, a relationship has been 30 odd years and I think, uh, death of two members kept, has kept everybody like really kind of even closer than, than kind of like, you know, than fair weather friends. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I did also want to touch on the, uh, the, the book that you're working on at the moment. Um, close, close. Is it, I, I assume it's closer. Yeah, closer, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I know that was an idea that you uh, originally sort of tweeted about, I think, a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's now yeah. sort of coming together. Can you just tell us a little bit about the original idea that you had for that and um, kind of where you were at at the kind of at this stage with, with putting it together and getting it published? Uh, I mean, it's, um, yeah, it's, it, it, I've, it's already uh, coming out with Little Brown. Um, I'm quite a way off finishing it. Yeah. 
so uh, I, I am like busier than ever. Um, well, the idea came while I was doing the listening parties and, and uh, it kind of occurred to me that, that the last songs on people's album were, were either kind of an, an alien on the album. Um, and if it was, you know, if it was a band doing, say, like a debut album or, you know, you know second or third album or whatever, um, often the last track would lead them into new territory. Maybe, maybe the, the you know, the, the next album would be more like the last track than any, than anything at the beginning of the, of the album. And, and it, it just became something that I noticed and, um, and I tweeted it straight away. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and it got picked up straight away. Um, you know, but there's more to it than that, isn't there? I mean, you know, obviously the, you know, the, this, you, you know, I mean, there's like, this, this sort of like huge sprawling last track, say like, um, you know, Private Psychedelic Reel by the Chemical Brothers or I'm the Resurrection by the Stone Roses, which is like big, you know, big ones or this kind of like, you know, Cripple Creek Ferry by Neil Young. And it's kind of like just the contrast of the last song is quite an interesting one to me. Yeah. Absolutely, and I've tried. I've tried to do both. I've tried to do like sprawling ones, you know, where not even the rain, or um, can't remember what else. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but, and I've tried to do small ones like Dead Love, you know, and uh, um, and um, and uh, then there's been instrumentals with charlatans have done instrumentals. So I could write probably about. Well, I've not written anything about charlatans yet, but I could write probably about. 8,000 words on, on, on why the charlatans, and I probably will uh, write about why the charlatans have chosen their tracks to be the last ones. Yeah. Do you, uh, you know, as a fan, do you have any particular favourite kind of album closes that, that you uh, talk about in the book? Uh, what, um, well, I mean, you know, Decades would be one, wouldn't it, by Joy Division? Because, uh, you know, I mean, what happened after that? last song on that last album uh called uh closer or closer um you know who knew you know i mean i mean it came out after ian's death but i mean when they were when they you know put it on the track listing who knew what was going to happen yeah yeah absolutely i mean that's a that's that's a book in itself you know yeah yeah there is i mean is that something that because you know, I, I think of you know, of course, it, it stands for for album closes, and you know, similarly, opening tracks on albums, you know, the, you always feel like there's a very, you know, they're quite specific choices. Do you know what I mean? The, yeah, everything yeah. that goes in between can still be, you know, some bands and artists will still pay plenty of attention to the structuring and the ordering there, but there's clearly, yeah. you know, first and last songs has to be. You feel there's a little bit more thought goes into. Do, yeah. do you think that's something that will still apply going forward with artists? With you know streaming and things like that you know the the album format i don't think amongst you know sort of i don't know what you might call serious music fans or however you want to label it will be less interested in track listing and uh, openers and closers and albums but do you think that things like that might become a little bit less of a concern or or things that people notice a little bit less because they're they're perhaps not listening to music in an album format anymore it might be dipping in and out of playlists or or what have you so do do you think that could have a knock-on effect to the future of great closing tracks on albums i guess i guess but i mean if the, if if it is an album and and people are still making albums then somebody somewhere 
within their organization, whoever this artist you're talking about is, will will have to choose the last track, you know? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I've known, you know, label bosses who've had to decide what the uh, last track was for an artist who didn't have a clue, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, artists who didn't have a clue. But, uh, you know, but for the, for the and, and, and I'd like to touch on, touch upon that in the book really too, but, you know, I'd also like to, you know, interview, you know, um, I've, I've interviewed Kevin Shields so far about, um, about the last track on Loveless. Uh, um, yeah, I'd really like to interview, really like to interview, um, Kate Bush about, um, last track on her Hounds of Love album. Yeah. Um, Robert Smith, I'd like to talk to him. Yeah. I mean, the thing is with, you know, with, with, um, with the cure is that a lot of their albums, the last track was a title track of the album as well, which is kind of like really interesting to me. Yeah, no, it is. It's fascinating. And it must be really interesting chatting to, chatting to these different artists about, about their decisions with these album closes. I think it's a nice thing for an artist to talk about, you know, uh, so I, 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 I need to get my interview, my interview hat on. If, if you got any tips, you know, let me know. <laughs> yeah, probably don't want to follow mine too much, to be honest. <laughs> well, you know, I've got, I've got, I've got, you know, I'm always on my phone apparently. So, uh, so and that's got voice memo. So, you know, I have a phone, bit of information in my brain, you know, I know, I know a lot about artists so um yeah hopefully it'll be you know but you know i'm hoping to have it finished by the summer yeah okay amazing and you know as we're you know almost at the end of the year at the time of recording this i was wondering just what some of your sort of highlights have been from the year be they sort of musical highlights things that you've heard listened to that have been released this year or stuff that you've been working on that you're particularly excited about i just wanted to know what some of your yeah highlights of 2022 have been and, and, um, and as a and as a second part to that, what you're looking forward to next year? I'm looking forward to um, making more songs with the Charlatans next year, and hopefully recording and and all that, um, playing live with them uh, this year. Uh, uh, Panda Bear and uh, Sonic. Um, reset. I really like the uh, the Wise Blood album. You know. I think yeah. she's. I think she's really something, you know. And um, you know, I followed followed her for a while. And I think this, you know, that um, it's not just me; it's everybody. Uh, track is just sort of sensational to me. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's that's a phenomenal record. I similarly, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of hers. I think that album's amazing. And I thought the last one was incredible this too. This one as well is pretty good. Don't know whether you know that 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 bloke. Oh yeah, who's this? <laughs> I think I recognise uh, him. <laughs> Japanese thing. Um, that, that's all right. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, gigs and reissues, uh, you know, Wish by The Cure was pretty amazing. You know, uh, did a really brilliant listening party with that. Um, Glastonbury was good. Uh, went to see Julie Halter uh, the other day at the Barbican. That was a really good performance. Loved that. Yeah, fantastic. 
I should also just point out that for uh, those uh, who are listening to this and not watching uh, a minute ago, that was Tim holding up the uh, the LP of his latest album, Typical Music. Oh, <laughs> I it's been recorded. Just, and, yeah, you know, j- just uh, for those who might be listening to the audio only version of this, because it might have been a bit confusing. Yeah, that's how self-obsessed <laughs> I am. Yeah. Um, brilliant. Well, it's it's been a real pleasure talking to you again, Tim. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, and uh, yeah, wish you all the best uh, with next year and really looking forward to reading the book. I'm really Oh, yeah, 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 no, it'd be great. It. It'd be great. It'd be great. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the, the album I was holding up earlier was Panda Bear and Sonic Boom Reset. That, that was my favourite album of the year. Amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, thanks so much for your time, Tim. And uh, yeah, we'll speak again soon. Thank you. Take care. See you soon. Cheers, man. Bye. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.